This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. God amazing brothers and sisters isn't he powerful you are the source of my strength and you are the strength of my life let's proclaim that today amen don't you feel the Holy Spirit here this this afternoon brothers and sisters what a great feeling to know that to know that despite everything that we have done no matter who we are, no matter what we say and how we act, we serve a God who is more than willing to put that all aside to save us and to help us become better versions of ourselves. Amen. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Thank you for having me, Plantation. Uh, It's an honor. I'm excited today. I am excited to be here. I love being at the pulpit. I always feel free. I always feel liberated when I'm up here. And to see each and every single one of your beautiful faces uh, today, it's an honor, and I'm humbled, and I am blessed. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for joining us today for worship at Plantation. Amen. Amen. I remember uh, it was 2020, and I had just transferred to Southern Adventist University. Uh, For those of you that know how that went down, um, I made that decision probably like two weeks right before going to school. I felt like my time here in Florida was up and I just wanted to experience something new. I felt like God was calling me to more. And I remember going, I went for the winter semester at Southern and it's March and we're about to go to spring break and I'm packing up and I was so excited to come back and tell all my people how it was being at college, uh, all the friends I got to meet, uh, all the opportunities that I had, and not ever thinking that I would be going home for a, long, uh, for a longer time than expected. Because if you remember during that time, it was COVID. I packed a duffel bag and I pack a book bag to go home for spring break, and the morning of when I'm about to leave, it's like seven in the morning, I get a lot of calls, I get mad text messages, people saying school's being shut down. And everything's just happening so fast. And it went from me having a duffel bag and a book bag to packing up my whole room. And I remember walking out the door and seeing everybody running around and having their dollies to bring their suitcases and everything is just, is just crazy. Walking out of the boys' dorm and I'm seeing a whole bunch of couples holding each other crying. And some of my friends uh, who are dating, I, I, I could speak for one of them. Uh, his girlfriend lived in California and he was in Boston. And so we have no idea what's going on. You know, 
It was honestly a scary time. A lot of fear was building up. I remember going home, staying by my pops, and so much is just going through my head. And for me, growing up in a public school setting, I was like the church boy, the Bible kid in my friend group. And it's so funny that when all this starts going down, all this starts happening, I was the one that my friends start contacting and start, te- start calling and they're like, Josh, what's going on? Like, is this the end times that you're talking about? Is this the signs of the time? Like, like is, is this what you've been talking about for all these years? And, and, and for me, I could see the fear. I could see that they're scared. And I'm the person that they're going to, but I was scared too. I was full of fear too. Even though I knew the truth, even though I knew, even though I knew Jesus was around the corner, I too was really frightened by what was going on. And I bet a good amount of you here were too. You didn't know what to expect. Not in a million million years would I have thought that I would ever get to live through a pandemic or experience one. But my father told me that if there was a moment to truly share the gospel, to not allow fear to consume me, it was that moment. That was the moment to capitalize. I had to capitalize on that moment to share with my friends the good news of Jesus' second coming. And so I was given the bright idea from my father to start Zoom meetings every Friday night to have, to have Bible studies and to invite all my friends to join these Bible studies every Friday night during quarantine and during that summer. And we never got less than, we always had around 30 people joining, joining the Zoom. Marion and Lemuel, y'all, you guys remember. And some of you here, you guys remember uh, that would join the Zoom meetings every Friday night. We were having Zoom meetings, having Bible studies And slowly but surely, the fear began to leave. And I started to realize, it was during quarantine, it was during that moment in the pandemic, I started to realize that fear is of the devil and it is not of God. Let's pray. Father, you are so amazing. And we are grateful and we're we're humbled, Father to be in your presence. Father, this message is also for me. And so, right now, I'm taking a step back and you are taking control. Have your way, God. Have your way and move like never before. May it be your words and not mine. And your beautiful name, your beautiful people say, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. God does not give us a spirit of fear. So what is the spirit that Paul is talking about? What is the spirit? But before we touch up on that, I believe that it's important for us to get a little bit of context when it comes to this text. Why would Paul say this to Timothy? Why would he give these words of encouragement to Timothy? Well, I believe it's because Timothy's scared. Timothy was full of fear 
during this time. You see, Paul is writing to Timothy during a challenging time when persecution against Christians was intensifying and false teachings were were spreading. Therefore, Paul's words in verse 7 serve as a reminder to Timothy to rely on the strength and gifts given by the Holy Spirit to combat fear, to fulfill his ministry, and remain faithful to the truth of the gospel. And so we can see that Paul is encouraging and he is motivating Timothy, Timothy, his, his protege and his fellow Christian. He's also reminding him. And in, in verses previous to this, he lets Timothy know that he has been praying for him day and night. He reminds Timothy that he comes from a family of great faith. Faith that has transferred from his grandmother Lois to his mother and now unto him. And then in the following verses, after verse 7... He, he, he lets Timothy know that he should not be ashamed of the gospel. This isn't a time to be f- a, a full of fear. In fact, I need you to, to end suffering, share in suffering for the gospel. This is the time to proclaim the word of God. And so we see throughout this chapter, Paul is encouraging and he is motivating Timothy. He is encouraging him, and he is, in mo- and he is motivating him. The verse says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. What great encouraging words by Paul. So what is the spirit Paul is talking about? God gives us the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. Paul expresses that the Holy Spirit is not a spirit of cowardice, but a spirit of fearlessness, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of self-control, and a sound mind. These are characteristics of the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. The Spirit God has given us would not work cowardice in us. It would not. And so Paul is reminding Timothy about these characteristics that come from the Holy Spirit. He reminds him that, that the characteristics that come from this Spirit, from the Spirit's presence, is within us believers. It's in us. We have it. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift given from God, brothers and sisters. In verse 14 of the same chapter, Paul tells Timothy that the Holy Spirit dwells within him. It dwells within him. It dwells within us. The spirit of fear, family, is a spirit derived from fearlessness and timidity. Timothy felt he had much to fear because he didn't know what the future looked like for him. Seeing the circumstances that Paul and Silas were facing at the time, they were, they were in prison, they were being persecuted. So I can only imagine what's going through Timothy's mind. What's next for me? Is this what I am going, what I, what I have to face later on? The spirit, brothers and sisters, it is not God-given. Our carnal minds produce fear. It produces timidity. And I believe God didn't intend for us to be anxious. 
I believe he didn't intend for us to worry or to be fearful when he created us. Especially with the purposes that are in our lives, the purposes that we have to fulfill, there's no way that God would create us with the intent to be fearful, but to be courageous and to be confident. Amen? He made us with the intention that we will have courage. Courage. And so Paul had to encourage Timothy. And he had to remind him, you don't stop here. This is a time to be ashamed of the gospel. That spirit of yours, that spirit of fear, that's not of God. That is of Satan. Hmm. And so now we get into the characteristics, power, love, and a sound mind. And I want to give you guys a heads up. We're going to be looking a little bit into some Greek, just a little bit. The thing is, I told the uh, first service congregation that I'm, I have paid school to learn Greek and Hebrew. And so I'm going to use it. <laughs> I'm going to use it. And so we're going to get into a little bit. Get into it a little bit, okay? So, instead of fear, God gives us a spirit of power. God gives us a spirit of what, brothers and sisters? Power. What is this power Paul is talking about? In the original language, the term is dunamis. It is the Greek term for power, but not just any power. Not just any power. It stands for miraculous power. It stands for marvelous works. It is a God-given power, a power that comes from God and God alone, not from man, but God alone. The power of the Spirit is what emboldened Paul to stand against cultures. It's the power of the Spirit. Paul mentions this power again in verse, verse 8. He says, therefore... Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. According to the power of God. And Paul's famous statement in this area is Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also the Greek. So brothers and sisters, rather than being ashamed, Timothy was to welcome the opportunity to stand with his persecuted brothers. And this power Timothy was given would help him endure when suffering was necessary to spread the gospel. Hmm. And, And so this shows me that I have no reason to fear because God is always here. He's always here. He's always here. And we see that this power is shown in many occurrences through the Old and New Testament. We see that Jesus promised in Luke chapter 24 that his witnesses would receive power from God above so they could fulfill the mission. Jesus also says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. 
He doesn't say that we might receive power. He says we will. So that's a promise, family. You see, brothers and sisters, our power, it doesn't originate from ourselves, but God's Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Wow. The spirit that God gives us is the spirit that hovered over the face of many waters. This is the the spirit that gave Jesus the ability to cast out demons. This is the spirit that transformed Peter from someone fearful and timid into someone bold and powerful before Jewish leaders. And so I ask, you don't think that that same spirit will give you the power to endure during these times of suffering? You don't think that this same spirit will give you the boost that you need to stand firm in your faith and to tell Satan no? It will, family. And it can. It can. Listen carefully. This power, it dispels our fears. And he equips us to boldly face the challenges and uncertainties of life. Amen. You see, alone, you and me, we are weak. That's the fact of the matter. We are weak. We can't do life by ourselves. We can only make it through these troubling times by God's strength and by his power, which is given through the Holy Spirit. And so I ask, are you going to embrace it today? Are you going to embrace it today? We can conquer our fears by trusting in the power of God. No matter what is to come, no matter what it is that we face, because of the spirit that is given to us as a gift, we can overcome it all. Amen. And so, instead of a spirit of fear, God gives us a spirit of power, but he also gives us a spirit of love. Mm. Love. Why does Paul mention love? Well, love was a vital theme in, in, in Paul's ministry. And we also see in 1 in Timothy how Paul urges Timothy to pursue love and for him to set an example for other Christians to follow. We see this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, and 6, verse 11. We also see it in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Several times he tells Timothy to pursue love to pursue love. But what does this love of the Spirit look like? What does this love of God look like? Agape, brothers and sisters, is unconditional, sacrificial love. Listen carefully, it is unconditional, sacrificial love. And it biblically refers to a love that God is, that God shows and that God gives as a manifestation of his spirit's bearing fruit in the heart of a yielded saint. Biblical agape love is the love of choice. It's the love of serving with humility. It's the highest kind of love, the noblest kind of devotion, the love of the will, and it is not motivated by superficial appearance. It's not motivated by emotional attraction. It's not motivated by a sentimental relationship. Agape is not based on pleasant emotions or good feelings that might result from a physical attraction. 
Agape decides to serve the recipient out of self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. And we see this type of love demonstrated for us by God setting, sending his son to take our place. And we say this a lot, and it may sound cliche, but when you truly ponder on your life and all the things that you have done, all the things that you have thought about doing, and then you go back to think about what Jesus has done for someone like you, That's, a, that's the type of love that we must demonstrate to others. It is a love that is undeserving. It's a love that's unchanging, overwhelming, and it's unearned. I didn't have to do anything for it. And so if Jesus Christ was able to do that for someone like me, why can't I share that with others? We must pursue love. And the thing about God's love is that it never fails. It never fails. No matter how many times I've run away, no matter how many Jonah moments I've had, he's always right there waiting for me. This is why he gives us this spirit because this kind of spiritual love, it is impossible without the spirit of God. See, love is the dominant fruit of the spirit's converting work in our lives. And so we must demonstrate this love to others as Christ demonstrated, uh, demonstrated it for us. We should be able to pursue temporal needs so that God may open up avenues to people's hearts. Love changes lives. And love conquers all. Amen. So instead of a spirit of fear, God gives us a spirit of power and a spirit of love. And he also gives us a spirit of a sound mind. Some versions say self-control or self-discipline. It doesn't matter. But what does it mean to have a sound mind? See, Timothy would need courage and he would need determination to carry on this enormous responsibility of his calling to lead the church in spreading the gospel. And so Paul reminds Timothy that God has given us a sound mind. See, this phrase sound mind is taken from the Greek word sophroneo, which is a compound word combining soso and phroneo. The Greek word soso means to be saved or delivered. It suggests something that is delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, and protected, and is now safe and secure. Amen. So this is soso, which means saved or delivered. The second part of the phrase sound mind comes from the Greek word phroneo, which carries the idea of a person's intelligence or total frame of thinking, including his rationale, logic, and emotions. 
The word phroneo refers to every part of the human mind, including all the processes that make the mind function and come to conclusions. And so when you put these two words together, you have a sound mind, self-control, self-discipline. Amen. You see, when someone has a sound mind, they, they have a sufficient mental capacity to understand their actions. I love what Mike Wall says. He, he says this, in these trying times, if your mind is tempted to succumb to fear, as was the case with Timothy, you can allow God's word and the Holy Spirit to work in you to deliver, rescue, revive, and salvage your mind. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Through the Holy Spirit, Paul was capable of resisting sin and accomplishing all that God set for him to accomplish, but with wisdom, brothers and sisters, with wisdom. Paul explains that self-control or self-discipline comes from the work of God's inherited spirit. The spirit, the spirit brings order in our lives, family. It brings, it brings order in our lives of chaos. And it builds new habits. Godly habits of resisting sin. Habits like fasting, prayer, studying scripture. And the spirit that God gives us helps us to make decisions with moderation. With moderation. It becomes possible to tell Satan, no, I will not allow you to have a foothold on me no longer. No longer. You see, to truly live a godly life, it's only by and through the Holy Spirit. Self-discipline and a sound mind empowers us to manage our time, to manage our talents, and to, and to manage our resources to fulfill the purposes God has for us. Having a sound mind helps us to live intentionally and to make decisions and to make choices that align with his plan for our lives. Amen. I love what James 4 verse 7 says. Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. It doesn't say that he might flee. Pay attention. It doesn't say that he'll probably flee, brothers and sisters. It says that he will flee. But you and I will not be able to resist Satan if we do not have a sound mind. And the only way we will have self-control and a sound mind is if we accept the Holy Spirit into our lives, brothers and sisters. I don't know about you all, but I want to abide by Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. 
I want to have a mindset like Jesus. I want to be able to turn away from Satan like Jesus. Don't you, brothers and sisters? Having a sound mind is one of the greatest ways to overcome fear. I don't care if another pandemic happens. I don't care what tribulations I have to go through. It doesn't matter because the only thing I care about is being with my Lord and Savior once again. When he cracks the sky, I want to hear those words saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. So it starts with me accepting the fact that God does not give me a spirit of fear. It starts with me understanding that the spirit that is given to me is a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love. And it's a spirit of a sound mind. I mentioned earlier how um, I pretty much grew up in a public school setting um, other than me going to GMA uh, my sophomore year of high school. But pretty much throughout all my years, I've been in public school. And like I said earlier, I, I was the Bible kid. I was the Christian boy in my friend group. And not all the time was I not afraid to mention my faith or to talk about the gospel with my friends. There were definitely moments where I was scared of proclaiming the word of God. There were definitely moments where I wanted to fit in and I wanted to be cool. There were definitely moments where I was afraid of what would happen or how people would look at me. Some of those friends that I grew up with, some of them are not here with me today and I've passed away. And I look back in those moments when I had opportunities to not be ashamed of the gospel. I look back at those opportunities that I had to share God's love with them. Those opportunities that I neglected and and pushed away because I was scared, because I was fearful. And now I I don't want to miss those opportunities no more. I don't want to be a slave to fear anymore. You see, brothers and sisters, God has broken the shackles of fear, of anxiety, of depression. The shackles of worry has broken them. And I can I can boldly say that I am not a slave to fear no more. I can confidently say that I don't care about how others look at me. Because people 
need to know Jesus Christ. You see the world that we're living in. You see what's happening around us day in and day out. This is not a time for me to be full of fear. This isn't a time for me to be scared. Lives are being lost each and every single day. And lives need to be saved. And so, let this day, let this moment be the moment where you proclaim the word of God. And you embrace the Holy Spirit. And you tell God, I don't want to be a slave to fear no longer. Whether it's at the gym, whether it's at my workplace, whether it's at home. I want people to see Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And, and, and so there's this song that's been sitting in my heart. And we're, we're going to sing it. It simply says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Because I am, I am a child of God. And so if, you, if you're ready for those chains of depression, of anxiety, and of fear to be broken right now, and to proclaim the word of God, I ask that you may get on your feet right now, brothers and sisters. Get on your feet right now. And don't be afraid to sing this song with us. Fear has no hold on us any longer. This isn't the time to be full of fear. This is the time to embrace God's love and his power. This is the time to have a sound mind. Because fear is of the devil and it is not of God. Amen, brothers and sisters. truly believe the words of David as he says though I walk through the valley the shadow of death I will fear no evil not because of his own strength not because of his own knowledge not because of what he's capable of even though he's a king but because God is with him because God with them. So I'm able to stand here and, and, and sing. I'm able to stand here and sing. I am no longer a slave to fear. Because I am a child of God. Oh, oh, oh. 
right now Sing you split the sea You split the sea Thank you God Thank you God Sing, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. No mics, just the voice, just the voice. Sing, I am, I'm no longer. No matter what Satan throws my way. Sing, I am, I'm no I am a child of God Father we stand before you humbly God we stand before you in humility because we can't do this thing called life alone but it's because of you not have to be scared we do not have to worry about the future father because you are the author of our book you are the director of our movie you are the smartest most intelligent being in all the universe and so we trust in you and we embrace the spirit father of power, love, and a sound mind, God. Give us your strength, Father, to endure during these times of suffering. Give us, give us your love, Father, so that we may be reminded that we matter and so that we can show others that they matter too. And help us have a sound mind, God. So that we can turn away from temptation. So that we can experience a life-altering change within our lives, God. So right now, not tomorrow, not next year, but right now, God, we just ask for the Holy Spirit to dwell within our lives. We are accepting the Holy Spirit so that we can become better versions of ourselves. So that when people see us, they see you, God. 
I don't care about fame. I don't care about the money. I don't care about what this world has to offer. All I care is about, all I care about is when I die, Father, people may remember you. Because you alone deserve all the glory and all the honor. Father, thank you for being so good in our lives. And we are so sorry for all the times we have decided and have made that choice of running away. We are so sorry for ignoring you, God. We are so sorry for playing God in our own lives. We are so sorry for filling your place, God, with what we think is best. We are so sorry for feeling like we are more intelligent than you. That we're wiser than you. God, we're sorry, God, for all those times we didn't accept your love. For all those times we didn't accept your promises. God, we're sorry. And then right now we ask for your forgiveness. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us for all the things that we have done that are not pleasing to you. Forgive us for the things that do not bring a smile on your face, God. That puts your son's death in vain. Forgive us, Father. We say thank you for your merciful love. For constantly coming through for us all the time and the best thing about it is that you're not even tired of doing it so we say thank you thank you for reminding us that we do not have to be slaves to fear no matter what Satan throws our way no matter when our backs are against the wall and, and odds are against us tell us that you do not give us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind we can't wait to be with you for eternity we can't wait to be with you face to face for the rest of our lives and until that day until that day when you crack the sky give us the strength Please keep empowering us so that we may be ready for Jesus' second coming. And in your name, we say amen. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seven-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.